Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Somehow, God took this guy's zealous nature to put him on the road to Damascus and then to eventually call him to himself, to repentance and faith. These things are hard for me because this is my story. I read the Apostle Paul and this is my story. I was not looking for Jesus Christ. I was not. I know there's some of you that say you were, but it wasn't me. I was just doing my thing. There he was. While many secular skeptics are critical of Jesus these days, even the biggest skeptics in our secular universities will admit the Apostle Paul was the main human catalyst for spreading Christianity throughout the Roman Empire and the West. How did that happen? In Galatians chapter 1, the Apostle explains to us that it was all due to the work of Jesus Christ in his life. Fearless and faithful, this man empowered by the Holy Spirit has delivered to us some of the greatest doctrines and mysteries of faith. Let's learn more together. Here's Pastor Jim. The people who are uh, been in you know Bible-believing churches for any amount of time, some of them particularly in the more modern churches, are like, I don't like the fact that you told us that God expects us to do stuff. I don't like the fact that you told us that God expects us to live a certain way. So you're going to get it from both sides. The Apostle Paul says this, My message was not to please people. My, my message was to please God. I'm an apostle. I'm a sent one. My mission was to deliver his gospel, not another gospel, not some gospel that people wanted to hear. Now, in this verse here, I want you to see the critical tension that is so often missed in a lot of our churches today. Years ago, it was Jesus plus, you know, doing this and doing that, and there was a lot of legalism and stuff like that, and now we've swung the pendulum to the other way, and a lot of the fast-growing churches are about Jesus minus, that it doesn't matter how you live. Look at how the Apostle Paul answers it right here in this verse. Let me read it to you again. For, now, for I do, not, do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. There is a gospel tension that the apostles kept, kept perfectly all the time, and we must as well. We are saved by grace through faith. There is nothing we do. But Ephesians 2.10 says that we are saved unto good works. How does he put it here? He's already told us at the beginning of the chapter, we are saved by grace because of Christ, right? But what are we saved to be? He tells us right here, a bondservant of Christ. We are not saved to be some flaky person running around, I can drink, Jesus doesn't carry drink wine, and so do I. That's not, that's not what it is. That's not what it is. We are saved to be bondservants of Christ. So here we have a gospel paradox. We have a situation that seems contradictory, and until you're walking with Christ, you won't understand it. True freedom 
is found in being a slave of Jesus Christ. True freedom is found in being a slave of Jesus Christ, freely obeying the word of God. Freely being a slave. Freely obeying the word of God. What do we call it around here all the time? Grace-motivated obedience. The grace of God, which we just read about in Titus, teaches me, motivates me, molds me to obey Christ more and more. Not perfectly, but it becomes the desire of our heart. What a lesson for pastors, for teachers, for disciple makers, which I'm hoping now you guys are starting to catch the vision maybe to have lunch with somebody once a week or once every two weeks or something like that on your job or neighborhood friend or something like that. What a lesson to be faithful stewards of the gospel. We are not to preach for the approval of men. We are to preach for the approval of God. We are to preach the whole counsel of God, not just the parts that we know people want to have. We want to hear, faithfulness will be found in a bond-servant mentality. A bond-servant in the New Testament, our versions clean that up. It's the word slave. I understand why they cleaned it up because of the atrocities that, that, that we know in our, in our country. But a bond-slave, a bond-servant is a willing one. It, it, it one who has the opportunity to be free and says, no, 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 no. I love my master. I don't want to leave him. I want to stay with him. So faithfulness is found in a bondservant mentality, not drawing a crowd, not being popular, not trying to make to do other things to get people to like you, but in pleasing God. So here we are reminded of the necessity of sound doctrine and of being grounded in the word of God. So what do we have today? Today we have the ritual gospel. It's still with us. It's been around forever adding things to atone for our sins. What would the Apostle Paul say? That gospel is soul damning. That's a soul damning gospel. The good works gospel, of course, you know, even in the body of Bible-believing church, oh, we have to do all these good things to be nice to people, but we don't want to offend them with anything. Uh, We want to tell them about Jesus. We just hope that, you know, we give them enough granola bars. They're going to ask us what's what's different about us. We're going to be like, what are you kidding? Like, that's just ridiculous. How do you know? The church is always about what we're doing. This is what we're doing to help other people. Verse 11, to stop the influence of the false teacher, as uh, Paul defends his apostleship and his message, he says, but I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. Not according to man. You know one way you can prove that it's not according to man, his gospel? Because when you say to people, you know, you don't go to heaven by being a good person. They get pretty angry with you, some of them, don't they? Because that's the gospel according to man. (laughs) Paul comes along and says, no, 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 no. My gospel, I preach it, I get beat up. (laughs) People don't like it. Jesus got hung on a cross for it. That's how much people don't like it. Verse 12, for for I neither received it from man, nor, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. So Paul says, I didn't make this stuff up. No human taught me. My gospel came through the revelation of Jesus Christ, which again, as we just said, it makes sense. What does his gospel do? Takes the glory from man and puts it where? Right where it belongs, on Jesus Christ. And so the apostle Paul, and we'll talk about it a little bit now, and then next week, 
unique, had a uniquely, divinely inspired, empowered ability to understand, to write, and to teach the word of God. The Holy Spirit enabled the Apostle Paul to see Jesus in the Old Testament. You're like, man, how'd he get that stuff? He, he had an ability to understand the Old Testament. So you picture, you know, he's reading, he's reading something he's read a thousand times before in Genesis. And all of a sudden, God says to Abraham, take your son, your only son, whom you love, <laughs> right? And he's like, bingo, <laughs> bingo, that's it, that's it. Hey, uh, Noah, take everybody who believes in me and put them in the ark and they will be saved. And he thinks, oh, in Christ, that's how, bingo, bingo. All of these things are just going off and there's firing off in his mind, thinking of all these wonderful things about Christ. He was able to understand the Old Testament and the, and the events in the life of Jesus in redemptive history. He grasped the cross, he grasped grace, justification by faith, and he was also able to bring the cross and the gospel to bear on his times. These letters that he's doing, the, the, the task theologian, he's basically bringing the gospel to the problem. Great, great, uh, great lesson in counseling. He write this, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And that was his life. But then he tells us, verse 13, we'll get through just a few more verses, that wasn't always his life. He says, for you've heard of my former conduct in Judaism. He's like, listen, everybody knows about me. Everybody knows the story. How I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. I hated it. I hated Christ. I hated Christianity. I hated Christians. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. The apostle Paul was a young Pharisee and he was an up and coming star in Judaism. The great teacher Gamaliel, it's, it's, it's tradition says that he said that he couldn't keep him in books. He would just give this guy a stack of stuff to read and he'd come back the next day done. Just this incredible, incredible mind. Now, when you, when you read him, uh, probably at the exception of 2 Corinthians, which is very, very emotional. He, he's so logical in the way he is. It's just that every sentence is so packed in what he says, but he's just a completely a, a brilliant mind. And, and we know in Philippians that he says that, that he was more strict than everybody else. He calls himself a Hebrew of Hebrews. I mean, he, he, was, he, was, he was on his way to the top and then look what he writes in verse 15. This is great. This is great. But when it pleased God, I love that, man. I was this. And this is what I was. But, but God, yeah, this is what he, he had another plan. But when it pleased God, not me, when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb, it's also said that in the Old Testament of Jeremiah, said of Isaiah, said of you, 
in heaven. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. So Acts 9 was planned before he was even born. To reveal his son in me. It was God's plan to open my heart to him. That I might preach him among the Gentiles, among people who didn't know him. I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went to Arabia, probably to pray and to study, get alone with God, hear from the Lord. Who knows what that whole time was like? And returned again to Damascus. We're not told how long he was in Arabia. We'll talk a little bit more about some of that stuff next week. Saul of Tarsus hated the Christian message. What did he like? He liked, I do stuff for God, God's impressed. I make sacraments, I do rituals, I make sacrifice, God likes it. I live exactly to the letter of the law, God likes it. Of course, he says, tells us in Romans, it was thou shalt not covet. That was the one that, that busted him. You know, like, hey, I want that top Pharisee position. Hmm, you know, I want that notoriety. I want to be invited to the Pharisee conference to speak. You know, I want my name on the pamphlet or something like that. No, he, he liked the man-centered, works-oriented religion. I'm sure when he heard Jesus said stuff, hey, uh, if you want to come after me, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. He probably, are you kidding me? That Galilean carpenter, that nobody, that loser, forget about that. You probably could talk to him and say, hey, why do you do what you do? You're like, man, we killed that Jesus, and I couldn't wait to help get rid of his followers. I couldn't wait to stamp out his memory from the face of, the, of, of Israel and all of the area. In fact, he'll say to you, I hated them so much, I persecuted them. You know what he'd probably say? I was the least likely person ever to become a follower of Jesus. Judaism was a way of life for me. My future was so bright, I had to wear shades. I mean, man, are you kidding me? I was rising in the ranks. I would have had it made. And he probably would have looked at anybody who challenged him on that and looked right in the eye and he would have said this. Are you so arrogant and stupid to think that a human being convinced me of this? Do you really think a human being convinced me, an uprising superstar in the aristocracy of Israel, to become some homeless tent maker, getting arrested throughout the Roman Empire, talking about a carpenter from Nazareth who died on a cross and rose from the dead and will take you to heaven? Are you serious? Are you serious? Do you, re- do you really think somebody convinced me of this? And notice how the Apostle Paul, who was once, what I do for God is the reason God takes me to heaven, gives full credit for his miraculous conversion to Jesus Christ. He doesn't take one ounce of credit for it at all. It wasn't, it wasn't random, though. It was planned. And notice here, he doesn't even think for a second it was because of his faithfulness. Friend, if you are here tonight and you are not a follower of Jesus or you are a follower who is struggling with, am I saved? Is God happy with me? Whatever. It is not your faithfulness. The Bible says that he is faithful when we are faithless. That is no reason to be faithless, but it's not about you. 
It's about Jesus. So it's not about his faithfulness. He says, he separated me from my mother's womb. What is he saying? It was all of God's grace. He knew that I was going to be a pebble in the shoe of Christianity. He knew that I was going to be this terrible guy. He knew. Imagine what it was like for this guy. He's got to go preach at a church. It's a mom and three kids sitting in the front row. That's the guy who's responsible for everything that happened to your father. He did it, and now he's preaching here. You think it was easy for him? It was all of grace. Somehow, God took this guy's zealous nature to put him on the road to Damascus and then to eventually call him to himself, to repentance and faith. These things are hard for me because this is my story. I read the Apostle Paul, and this is my story. I was not looking for Jesus Christ. I was not. I know there's some of you that say you were, but it wasn't me. I was just doing my thing. Boom, there he was. There he was, right in front of me. And then so what did I do? I, I knew that God had called me to something unique. I knew that when I was... I was a Christian a short time and people are going to me like pastors are going to me. You're going to be a pastor. And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't even, I, I'm still looking at the table of contents. I don't know where anything is in the Bible. And they're like, you have an unusual grasp of theology already. And I'm like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. So what did I do? I spent about 14 or 15 years studying like crazy on my own, constantly reading, taking classes, taking seminars, weekend thing, whatever I could do to learn. But I served in my church because I didn't disconnect Christianity from the, of just being, you know, tadpole Christian, big head, little body, you know, that you got to do something with it and, and, and to try and just, just to do something with it, serving. And, and what happens? My business just starts to blow out the side because all of a sudden it's not about making a buck anymore. It's about, it's about honoring God and doing a good job. And the, and the wall started to fill up with awards, stuff I never got before. And I'm thinking, well, God, you're really making me diligent. And I thought, man, I've really found my zone and I really found my place. And this is what I'm going to be. I'm going to be a Christian businessman the rest of my life. And I'm going to love it. And then I get a couple opportunities to preach. And a bunch of pastors pull me in a room and say, we think you're in sin, bro. And I said, what do you mean? They go, you're definitely called to be a preacher. It wasn't me. I wasn't looking for any of it. No human being could have convinced me of that. None. I told people I was selling my company. They're like, you're back on the drugs again, huh, Jim? No way. I don't know much, but I know no human being convinced me of this. No way. It was meeting Christ. Apostle Paul says, I didn't, I didn't hang out to talk to people. I didn't get this gospel from flesh and blood. He says, I got away to hear from the Lord and he gave me his gospel. You say, how does that happen? Well, you remember in, in, in Matthew's gospel, we haven't gotten there yet, but if you've read it, Jesus says to the apostles, uh, who do people say that I am? And then they run the litany of names that they're saying. And so then Jesus goes to them, well, who, who do you say that I am? 
And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus says this, Matthew 16, 17. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And the apostle Paul saying, that's how it went down for me. I met the Lord and it was revealed to me. If you said to him, why you? He would go, I don't know. <laughs> so people would look at me and go, gosh, if God could save that guy, he could save anybody. <laughs> now, as we close, we'll talk more about him meeting the apostles next week, Lord willing. Don't be all bummed out that you're not the apostle Paul. You're gonna go home tonight. You're probably gonna go home and sleep in your nice warm bed. You're not gonna get beat up and sleep under the stars. Be excited that the powerful call of the gospel of Jesus Christ is ready to come to you if it hasn't yet or that it has. Be excited that that God even calls the most hardened sinners and opponents of the gospel. So that person you have in your life that you think, no way, yes way, they are ripe for the pecking to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. They, They are ready to be great in the kingdom of heaven. Be excited that as the Lord revealed himself in the scriptures to the apostle Paul, he has promised to do the same thing for you. He just happened to be the writer. We're the readers. Same God, same revelation. Be excited that we don't have to change to be converted. We can be nasty persecutors of God just walking down the road. We can be anything, just walking down the road, and Jesus shows up. We don't have to change to be converted. We're converted and we change because we're transformed by the Lord, not by ourselves. Who, let's go back to verse four, who gave himself for our sins. For our sins, he died on the cross that he might deliver us from this present evil age And God, because he's holy and pure, uh, sees this age. You think that we might see this age as evil? He sees it as being way more evil than we do. According to the will of our God and Father, that is his plan, the gospel, the cross of Jesus Christ, that we would believe and be saved. And we would invite our friends to come to hear the good news and to see what God would do. You know, many times some people have said to me, you know, I don't know why you preach the gospel because sometimes, particularly on a Wednesday night, you know everybody here. And, and even on Sundays, you know, I always say, you can bet if you're inviting a friend on a Sunday, they will hear the gospel if I'm the preacher. They will hear about the cross and, and they're gonna hear about how to become a Christian. They're going to hear it, and maybe five, ten times in a sermon. And sometimes go, well, why do, you, why do you tell us that? We hear the same thing over and over again, because we forget. And if the Galatians could so quickly be taken away, so could we. And so it's so necessary to hear the gospel over and over again. But there's another reason, because I really believe in my heart that virtually every time we gather, There is someone who needs to put their trust in Jesus Christ for the first time. And sometimes it's been people who sat here for years and they never really did. 
So if that's you, I would invite you to do that tonight. Put your trust in Jesus. Have your sins forgiven and be on your way to heaven. Simple, you just pray and ask God to forgive you and put your trust in Christ. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us on today's edition of Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Would you like to hear this message again? Simply log on to our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com. There, you can listen to archive broadcasts, load our mobile app, as well as listen to Pastor Jim's easy-to-follow, verse-by-verse teaching on much of the Bible. You can also request a CD of this message in its original, unedited form on our website. If you would prefer to write to us, our address is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. That's Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Or you can give us a call at 973-659-3380. Once again, that's 973-659-3380. Changed by Love is sponsored by listeners like you. We are so thankful for your continued support and prayers that allow us to bring our show to you on this station. Make sure you tell your friends and family about Changed by Love on this station, as well as how to listen to Pastor Jim on our website and mobile app. In the next edition of Changed by Love, Pastor Jim will continue teaching through God's Word. Glance at the clock right now, and please make plans to join us next time to be encouraged, comforted, and challenged by the Word of God. You are all a blessing to us. We hope to see you next time here on Changed by Love.